Hi everyone! If you like what you've been hearing, please consider subscribing to the Patreon at patreon.com backslash Hegelbon. That's H-E-G-E-L-B-O-N. The Patreon's really the lifeblood of the podcast. It lets me dedicate the time that I need to play the games, to talk to our guests, to really set everything up and, and make everything as sharp as it is. Um, without it, uh, no cartridge really wouldn't exist the way it does today. If you don't like monthly pledges, I totally get it. Uh, there's also paypal.me backslash Hagelbon, and we can try and figure something out there. Or you can email me at nocartridgeaudio at gmail.com. Uh, I'd love to hear from you, and I will try and answer your emails as quickly as I can. Thanks so much for your support, and enjoy the show. My name is Trevor Strunk, Hagelbond on Twitter, and I have with me today uh, a friend of mine that I actually met not through my podcasting life, but uh, through my writing life, uh, uh, Mr. Mr. Jeremy Gordon, the culture editor at The Outline. Um, I believe that's still, that's still your title, right? Yes, I am the culture editor. It is, it, and and uh, recently, what a culture it is, huh? Uh, <laughs> I, bet, I bet you get that a lot. Uh, <laughs> All the time. But, uh, <laughs> So, uh, um, you're here to talk to us about Dark Souls 3, but I actually wanted to ask you first about um, your experience with video games. Because I don't, like, I never thought of you much as a gamer until you until you messaged me and said, like, hey, I'm, I'm working my way through Dark Souls 3. And I'm like, that's cool. Like, we should talk about that. Um, what is, like, what's your history with gaming? What, how do you, what's your sort of, um, uh, where, where did you start with gaming? What's your... What's your deal with gaming? Um, what do you like to play? A- anything you wanna you wanna throw out there? I have a love hate relationship with video games. I started playing when <laughs> I was like I think a lot of people do, but I started playing when I was in grade school. My parents bought me a Sega Genesis, uh, and you know I played the usual games then, like Sonic or Street Fighter Two uh, and whatnot. Uh, the big shift for me was that, well, my parents also got me a PlayStation and, you know, got onto okay. Final Fantasy VII and, uh, like, Tekken 3 and kind of those games then. But then the big shift for me was, uh, I don't know, I started, uh, basically the first job I got was ordered to, in order to buy a GameCube. Because at some point, <laughs> uh, you know, my mom, my, my parents are very lovely people. Uh, but I think at some point my mom was just like, yeah, we're not just going to buy you video games like we did when you were a little child because you're getting You old. can argue that, that, that actually makes them more like, I think buying video games for you when, like, like you were when you were a child is cool. Yeah, um, it's very But kind, it also can make lovely. you into kind of like a, it can make you into kind of a rough person too. So, <laughs> you know, it's not truly unkind, I guess. Uh, right. Well, I, I will, I will say, you know, my, my parents are wonderful people who understood the, uh, understood the proper amount and i'd like to believe that their decision to <laughs> kind of shove me into the world of uh, commerce and capitalism was ultimately a positive thing in order to fund something as 
frivolously entertaining as video games, you know? Uh, so basically, yeah, no, that, was, for sure. that was a big shift for me. Like, I started, uh, you know, I bought a GameCube <laughs> and a PlayStation 2, and from there, I have just, like, kind of kept up with every generation in some way. I think I... When I got to college, I slowed down a little bit just because I had less money. Sure. But as soon as I started working more and was able to save, uh, you know, spend a little money, I got onto PS3 and PS4. And now it's very bizarre because I've somehow accumulated every system by means of, like, just, you know, I think I, had an, I got an Xbox One for free from a friend who was just moving and didn't need it anymore. So now I find myself just, like just sheer chance. Yeah, I, so I, now I find myself immersed in kind of like everything, kind of beyond my wildest dreams. You, you know, as like a little kid, you think to yourself, "Oh, uh, you know, I just have one system. If I'm lucky, I have one system." And now today, I'm just kind of drowning in drowning in riches. But uh, my uh, yeah, we thought of the uh, my wife and I thought of the the classic um, uh, Notorious B.I.G. song where like. Um, I'm not remembering the name now, and that's irritating. But like the you know the Super Nintendo Sega Genesis, uh, right? Line. Um, and I was listening to it and thinking about like, man, when I was a kid, that sounded amazing to have both of those systems, and now I just you know, right? I can I can have that. Uh, it, is, it is weird. Uh, and as far as my favorite games uh, went, when I was growing up, I was really big into Japanese RPGs, okay. like Final Fantasy series, Star Ocean. Uh, Suikoden or uh, nice Chrono Cross. It's like the stuff that's coming off the top of my head, uh, and you know, kind of play a little bit of everything today, but do gravitate still towards RPGs and action adventure games. I think my favorite games of the last few years have been like Bloodborne, Last of Us, uh, something God of War was really fun, Spider Man. Uh, Kind of stuff that's a little more active and uh, like Legend of Zelda stuff where you can explore a lot, but also have a good time. Sorry, you're hearing. Uh, I bet you're hearing some fireworks in the background. Uh, yeah. People just set off fireworks in my neighborhood. It's like uh, amazing. Yeah, if you're if you uh, if you live in the city, um, uh, as as I have, um, you you just get used to like cop cars and like yelling people and stuff. And if you mm -hmm. get used, if you live in the suburbs, you get used to your neighbors setting off fireworks. So, uh, Very good. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, you know, Pennsylvania will do Pennsylvania. So we'll, we'll, uh, we'll try and keep that to a minimum, but the, um, yeah, no, you were actually saying, I, I think like that's a good segue. Cause you were saying that Bloodborne was kind of your, was it your first Souls experience or was Dark Souls three your first Souls? Experience? So I, I think I originally played the first time I got familiar with these games was back in 2010 when a, a buddy of mine was like, you got to play this game called Demon Souls. Like, it's so crazy. It's so difficult. You, you know, he was explaining the premise to me and I was hearing about it more and more and it seemed, I mean, it seemed unenjoyable, but I was definitely interested. <laughs> uh, and that then I think I started, <laughs> I think I started playing Demon Souls one, like a friend's copy and true, uh, as expected, I was very bad at it. Died, like, constantly. Uh, and I think I played Dark Souls 1 the next year. Same thing, where I tried playing a friend's copy, and I think I got to, like, the second boss, maybe? Uh, and that was it. Okay. And after that, I just, I just like, couldn't figure it out. Uh, and then I didn't play any of these games forever, uh, which, you know, really, if I think about it now, I guess at this point it's really about four years goes by 
But mm-hmm. when Bloodborne came out, for whatever reason, when I was just reading about it, I thought it seemed so like fun, uh, and yeah. it kind of this this kind of like mania took over me, where I was uh, just reading about it and reading about it, and just like looking at videos of it and thinking about learning more about the way that it seemed to be presented, and I just was obsessed with playing it. So I think I just went out and bought a PlayStation and Bloodborne just to get into that. So that was the that was the deciding factor, um, and of course I like immediately loved it and played it obsessively for a month uh, to beat it or and play some play with some of the DLC. Uh, I guess the DLC hadn't come out then, but uh, Old I Hunters DLC a is so good though. Yeah, and then um, yeah, did the Old Hunters DLC intermittently? I think I've replayed it at least once over the years. I think I got really into it again last year, where I was just sort of experimenting more and doing like a new game plus uh and then i had such a good time that i think dark souls 3 dark souls 3 had been out by then but i saw it on sale recently and i think i was reading a review of it that basically said it was like a more bloodborne influenced version of dark souls like it moves a little faster it's a little more forgiving because uh, like frankly yeah. i play these video games like idiots you know uh, like I just love to run around and like hack and slash. Like I'm I'm really bad at the underlying Dark Souls mechanics. Like I don't know how to parry. I don't know how to like read the enemy movements very well. Uh, if but anyone tells you I've they gotten... know how to parry in Dark Souls, that's a good way to know that they're lying. Um... But but somehow I've done pretty well, all things considered. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think I was telling you I've gotten through. I think I'm like three quarters of the way through the main story uh, without the DLC. And, you know, I've summoned people's help for bosses, but I've also fought some of the bosses by myself and done just fine. So Hmm. uh, I feel satisfied. I feel like I've gotten my money's worth by uh, (laughs) getting this far. So it's interesting to me to hear about, like, the ways that you, um, you interact with the game, like especially because of how you bounced off the other ones. Well, so like, you know, like thinking about Dark Souls 2, thinking about Dark Souls, thinking about Demon Souls, like these games really, I think until you kind of figure out how to do it or like build yourself, mm-hmm. you know, up in such a way that you can't get hurt enough so that you can just kind of like brute force your way through it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, these games present themselves as like lore dumps where like, the things that are interesting about them are these things that are kind of evasive or out there. Like you kind of get a, a piece of it here or there. And then like you, you, you know, you either follow it up or you don't like it, it's, it can be compelling. It can be not compelling, but like you choose your paths based on like, Oh, this is kind of weird. Like this crypt looks cool or, Oh, like it's a town or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that didn't grab you, but the lore or sort of like the, the, the space of bloodborne and then dark souls three, did catch you so like what about those stories kept you going through like the initial difficulty burst because bloodborne i mean dark souls 3 i found okay to start off with bloodborne it might have been because i was coming up with sekiro i had a really hard time getting back into souls mindset and that first like rush Mm -hmm. of uh villagers in uh in yarnum is brutal so how'd you get through that like what about it kept you coming back i think it was the experience of really having to focus on a game uh really having to play smartly and like experiment a little and just see what happens uh not being afraid to die just and not being afraid to 
just try something new to see if it works out. I mean, I, I love... Something I became kind of attuned to when I was uh, continued playing video games over the years is how many games that kind of substitute a challenge or interesting design with just more stuff. You know, they just replicate <laughs> yeah. they just replicate the same stuff for you to do. I mean, like a game like Far Cry, which uh, I've had a good time playing it, but there's always this moment whenever I would be playing a Far Cry game and realize, like, oh, I'm doing the exact same stuff I've been doing for 30 hours, just like in a slightly different location definitely uh, you know the levels are basically all the same like all the skins all the textures like it's all the same it's just like oh there's a little a bit of slightly more powerful gun or whatever else um but the the mechanics of bloodborne i mean i think every world was so visually rich and so the layouts were so unique uh you know the enemies look so different and so great and uh and it was always just very easy to be engaged and be mm-hmm. led forward by the state of like, what's that? Like, where where's that door going? Where's the cellar? Like, can I make this jump? Can I go there? Uh, and it's like getting these little pieces of the story as it would come to you. Um, and yeah. I don't think I went in blind. Like, I, I I think I had a I would glance at like a a guide here and there just to make sure there wasn't anything that I was uh, completely overlooking because I do I do have a slightly. Uh, like OCD tendency playing video games where I just want to do everything within reason. You know, it's like you ever, you ever, you ever play those Batman games where you have to collect the Riddler trophies and there's like 600 yes, of them. I, like I could, I could spend like a few hours just burning those off. Uh, I did that too. I had to like stop playing that game because I was, I just like, I kept the Riddler trophies. And I was like, this is ruining Right, that's like, like, this I doesn't need... <laughs> This doesn't lead to anything. It just, it's just I just watch the numbers go up, and it's not yeah, that. exactly. <laughs> yeah, I don't need that. Yeah, um, it sounds da- it sounds like it would be dangerous for you to get into a game like um, like Destiny or something like that. Oh yeah, that's sort of why I completely stay away from online games in general because <laughs> I'm very aware that without a kind of natural checkpoint or endpoint. You know, it's just easy to have fun forever. Like I still play iPad games or iPhone games that I beat years ago, um, but it's just you know, it's fun. It's stimulation, and yeah, yeah something like Destiny is just uh, too much. Yeah, you'd yeah, you'd, you'd kind of lose yourself in it. Um, so I totally get that. Actually, it's funny. I get what you're saying about um, about Bloodborne, especially in terms of like the way that it. Um, you know, the way that it produces, um, like, a, a compelling, I don't know, story to come back to. Like, that mm-hmm. makes sense to me. Like, it, it does open things up. Like, you kind of want to keep finding out what's going on in this world. You want to find out, like, if you can unpack the, the the sort of, like, reality behind all the weird stuff that's happening. Like, uh, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, but what's, what's, what's funny to me thinking about about your your approach to these games is, like, Dark Souls 3 is a little more open about its lore than the other Dark Souls games, but it seems so necessarily connected to them at the same point. So, like, how did you, how was it that you were able to, like, enjoy those games in the same way that, say, you enjoyed Bloodborne? Which, in a lot of ways, was, uh, or that game, excuse me, Dark Souls 3, uh, Bloodborne really is its own lore just kind of, like, off the top of its head. Um, it's, it's a, it's a contained world. Um, how did you sort of like get into into uh, Bloodborne? I'm sorry, Dark Souls Three, uh, the same way. You know, I think it was that sense 
that same expectation of exploration uh, that I got out of Bloodborne, where I came in sort of thinking, okay, I'm just excited to see like how far I can get into this, knowing how hard the other games have been. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to see if I can apply the skills that I got from Bloodborne, however I can, just to make this a little easier. Uh, you know, I paid. I think I got it on sale uh, on the PlayStation Store, and part of my thinking was like, oh, you know, if I if I end up only being able to play a few hours, it's just too hard for me. Like whatever, it's just I'm not twenty bucks. You can do that. But then I just turned out to be like much better at it than I was expecting. Mm. Um, which you know, I beat the first couple bosses just fine. Like I certainly struggled with stuff, but and I would die uh, in the same areas, but nothing that was so unforgivable that I couldn't uh, keep going forward. And mm-hmm. I think the, the Souls games really do kind of, uh, they are very encouraging in the sense of they're not that cheap, really. Uh, like, certainly stuff that can surprise you the first time might take you aback, but yeah. as, then as soon as you know how to prepare for it, uh, it's a cinch to get by. And, you know, even playing it now, I'm, I'm particularly struggling on this one part where uh, you unlock some gate, and then there's some very strong knight defending it, and I think he can essentially kill me in two or three hits, and he's just like a regular <laughs> respawnable enemy. Uh, okay, cool. That you have to like, learn how to figure out. But there, I do have this, and I, I can't get past him at the moment, but I've come close, but I do have this perception of, like, oh, I, if I was just better at this game, this would be a sin. Like, if I could parry him, I could do it. Uh, so it's yeah. difficult, but it's not, like, unmasterably difficult. And I think that kind of, that balance is really, uh, is really tough to find because, uh, you know, think about it, you're developing, you're developing a game, you want to make something that's not just cookie-cutter, paint-by-numbers gameplay, but you also don't want to put off anyone who isn't, like, a super gamer freak. Uh, yeah. And I think they do that pretty well here. So, I mean, what about what about the challenge? I mean, does challenge... Actually, let me rephrase this. Does challenge actually drive your interest in other video games as well? I mean, you mentioned Shikoden, which, I mean, JRPGs, I grew up on JRPGs too, and, like, they they present a sort of challenge in a different way. There's like a persistence. There's a, there's a willingness to be bored. There's a a sort of like concern with research and choice and stuff. Like what about like, did those games difficulty inspire you to keep playing them? Is that something you look for in the games you play? Or is that just something that you've kind of like gotten into in the souls games? Well, when I was, when I was younger, I was definitely more driven by story. I think all my, the reason why I got into JRPGs and particularly the ones that kind of had compelling, uh, compelling narratives and memorable characters. Uh, yeah, for sure. And then with, as I got older, I think I've begun to more, uh, as, as I've naturally had less time to play video games as a working professional who seeks to have some kind of social and, pers- social and personal life. That's weird. Uh, I, know, <laughs> I know it's fucked up, but we all have to... We all Not have very gamer of you to do that. I know, but uh, <laughs> basically I've begun to more prioritize games that can fit in really tight bursts of action uh, mm-hmm. in any form. Like something where I can play for like 45 minutes to an hour and feel satisfied. So I've gotten really into like roguelike games where uh, the core premise is, you know, the core gameplay is fun and then you can just kind of infinitely uh, recycle the options and layouts. Um, and then I have gotten into more, yeah, these more action-adventure games where... Uh, you know, you can just 
you know, each level of Dark Souls is not really that long once you know where you're going, but they take so much time to unpack uh, yeah. and figure out the patterns of. And there's something really appealing about that uh, sense of, uh, oh, I'm going to spend 45 minutes getting through this one area, and then maybe an hour, and maybe another 45 minutes, like, unlocking all of its secrets, and then I'm done, and then I can move on, but I've just, like, gone through, had this really intense, challenging experience where every single minute I had to be engaged. I wasn't just, uh, you know, tapping X and watching the watching the scenery go by. Like, right, I was playing, yeah. yeah. Like, I was playing Red Dead Redemption last year, and I just got so bored playing it and you know i'm not a i'm not a insane person i understand the pleasure of like leisure <laughs> and relaxing but yeah i mean there's these whole sequences where i'm just like watching the cinematic of this trailer of this carriage go by and i'm just like uh like i'm i don't want to i don't want to disengage by really disengaging like i need to be a little i need to be in the in the action in the tv so, yeah, yeah, part of that, like, I, I, I keep having these thoughts that, about games like that that I probably would be embarrassed to have as, like, mm-hmm. a kid, where I'm I, I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, like, man, like, it, it's just so... I, I could be doing something more than this, you know? Like, I could be, I could be like, if I wanted to do this, like, watch a cinematic vista, I could just mm-hmm. go ahead and, like, watch a spaghetti western or something. Or, mm-hmm. like, there has to be something more, uh, you right. know, like, more productive i could be doing with my time and i mean that's, yeah. that's kind of like that's insidious and all but i don't no, know no no but but i think it's uh like games are you know i, I really enjoy the more shorter meditative games but the idea mm-hmm. of a game that's like a hundred hours that half of it you're gonna be thinking like all right hurry the fuck up already like it's a <laughs> little you know i'm not a nihilist i do have things to do with my time <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and I, I, I think like one of the things that you, you sort of hinted at that I, I really agree with about, uh, about the Souls games and one of the things I like about them is the way that they teach you things. Like you, you know, you sort of end up in these moments and it's like, okay, you have to learn how to beat this enemy if you want to get past mm-hmm. it. Like maybe you can, maybe you can cheese this enemy once. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can't, like, you can't cheese it every single time. And so like as a result, you're just going to have to kind of like work this out. Like it's going to, it's going to take some time and you're going to have to figure it out. So, like, you know, get get used to it. Give it a try. Like, try some stuff. Try, like, a different attack. You know, maybe try to parry. If you can parry, that's great. If you can't, like, I can't. And I've played probably, you know, 400 hours of Souls at this point. Um, you know, like, it's... You just kind of find a different way. And I, I think that's cool. Like, I think it's cool to have a game that is willing to sort of say, like, okay, just work out work out what you know about, about this particular, um, I'm trying to think of how to say this, this particular, like, um, uh, I don't know, mechanic is for lack of a better word, like try and fight this particular boss or try and figure out this particular game, like what we've given to you. And we're just going to, you know, we're going to let you kind of, uh, work it out. Yeah. And you know, the, this is kind of embarrassing to explain to anyone who doesn't play video games, but Playing Bloodborne really gave me this like physical rush when I would play it. Mm. Like when I would be when I would finally beat a boss and I would come you know one hit away from dying, but then kill the boss and like 
yeah. uh, redeem myself. Like I would feel so like my endorphins would just be like blasting, like I just worked out or something. Uh, <laughs> and that feeling is really rare. I mean, it is like almost like a drug in the sense of if every game make, could make me feel this way, I would play video games all the time. Uh, but they don't. Uh, and I think part of that was maybe the point of my life where I played Bloodborne or I was, uh, you know, maybe a little less emotionally developed on all ends to the point where I would be, <laughs> could be like still shrieking at my TV like a banshee if I like died yeah. at the last minute. Whereas Dark Souls, has brought that, Dark Souls 3 has brought out a little bit of that, but not in the same way. I think because I'm, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm taking this one a little easier, although it is extremely frustrating at times when people just... I mean, you know how these games are. There's just tons of bullshit. Oh, yeah. yeah, no, and I mean, but it, there's always something different about the, the first time you encounter a game like this mm-hmm. where, like, you don't necessarily... Like, it's... You don't know what to expect mm-hmm. entirely, like... And you, you know, you run into Bloodborne and you're like, oh, like uh, this whole thing is going very linearly. I'm just kind of, like, working through this level. And then you run into... um you know, the cleric beast and you're immediately mm-hmm. killed. And you're like, well, why did that happen? Like, mm-hmm. What's going on? Um, like that, I think like your first experience with that is, uh, something specific and will always make, I think anyone, if they're being honest, scream and curse and get angry. Right. Because, you know, I spoil these games for myself pretty, uh, pretty seriously. Like I will, okay. I will, uh, you know, read, look ahead a little bit to see what the next boss is or, uh, see scan through an area to see if there's any uh i don't know really big things to be aware of which i i realize is counterintuitive to the kind of uh you know no spoilers uh approach that a lot of people take <laughs> which i would totally respect but i do think in, in with these games it does give me a bit more of a sense of accomplishment because when i read i think maybe i psych up that psych myself up to think that a boss is going to be really difficult and it turned out to be less difficult and i just feel the sense of uh mastery and accomplishment uh, mm. for having overcome something. Uh, and at the same time with Dark Souls 3, to, you know, to be blunt, I have been just summoning help uh, for other players, from other players to beat some of the bosses. Which, it's perfectly okay to summon help. Uh, people will tell you it's not. You need to I think just, it's like, just a perfect, ignore them. I think it's a beautiful thing, honestly. Like, it's just such a noble act of, uh, of charity. Because I, you yeah. know, I like these games, but I'm not, I haven't mastered the the PvP mechanics whatsoever. That's probably the least interesting thing oh. about it to me. Uh, I mean, I gotta, I gotta tell you, like, I've, I've maybe won one invasion. Oh ever. yeah, I mean, and it was, it was a huge deal for me. I was, I was so proud of myself. It's like I just use, part. I just use a pretty basic like shield and sword combination, uh, and just do the old school, like you know, wait for someone to overcommit to an attack and then mm-hmm. just hack away at them. Uh, and it works yeah. just fine for me, but I, I, you know, I think half the bosses I've summoned some kind of help with, uh, mm-hmm. which I, which has been really nice because, uh, you know, they just attract all the attention. And I think it was, who, who was I, I was fighting this one boss where I think the guy died uh, he, the guy drew, drew, uh, the guy drew most of the attention from the boss, fought him mostly, then I think died when he'd gotten him down to one hit. Uh, and you know, I was in there in the back. I was in the back, like uh, you know, helping out a little bit, chipping in, uh, doing doing my little part. But then I just uh, I just snuck in and cleaned up in the very last minute, and it felt so uh, 
It felt horrible, you know. I, I wanted to say I wanted to say uh, <laughs> something to this guy who just uh, chosen to help me out in this very difficult game. Uh, yeah, I um the the only time I ever asked for help in in Dark Souls one, um, it was it was a moment where I was immediately um, encouraged not to ever ask for help again. Uh, where like mm. I, I um I asked for help uh, on the gargoyles which is like a fairly typical place to ask for help it was uh, yeah really the only the only the only moment in playing souls games where like i asked for help and i just like i didn't think when i was replaying the game that i could even beat that character without asking for help like i was like i i, I was so scared i was like i'm gonna have to ask for help i can't do it like there's no way because <laughs> those guys those guys were just like living rent free in my head and um, I summoned this guy, and I didn't know how the summoning worked. I was on Xbox 360. I'd gotten the game for free with, like, Game Pass or something, and I, I didn't know what I was doing. And I ended up doing it, and, like, the guy came and helped me. And he basically came and helped me, like, well after uh, I kind of, like, sent him away. I didn't know what I was doing. And he just he sent me a message that just said, you got lucky. Uh, cause he came out and I was like, yeah, I did. That's, uh, that's right. Yeah. I, uh, I think I played Bloodborne pretty much straight through without any help. Uh, which ex- mostly cause I kind of just didn't understand how it worked and never, it never appealed to me. Like, I don't think I learned that you could summon other spirits, like NPCs to help you until the very end of the game. Sure. Uh, when I was like reading some guy that was like, "Oh, if you're if you're struggling with this boss, use the summon sign outside <laughs> of the room." And I just remember thinking, like, "What's a summon Sounds... sign? Like, what is this? I'm... What is this?" <laughs> I must just not uh, have that version of But game. I did, I did, I did use. Uh, I did ask for help on the DLC, which I did find very difficult. By that point, I think I just because what actually happened was I think I downloaded the old Hunters right when it came out, and it just kicked my ass. Like I couldn't. Uh, I think I was just under level because I had, uh, you know, I'd started like a new game plus and then had gone there at the first minute you can, mm-hmm. but that makes you weirdly under leveled for the, for the DLC. But then, long story short, I ended up, I started over like years later, uh, and this time I just was a lot more open about asking for help for the like Maria or the even the orphan. Oh, the orphan class. cause was so uh, hard. I had such a problem yeah. with the orphan uh, uh, Well, and then the beautiful thing is that I asked this, like, Bloodborne master who just strolled in and fucked him up. Uh, and again, I was in the back kind of uh, chipping in, doing my thing. <laughs> but I really I really just benefited from the kindness of these, like, uh, I mean, how else do you describe them but uh, fanatics? Because, I mean, what does it take to just master this stuff? Like, I was reading, uh, you know, I got into the Dark Souls 3 Reddit a little bit. Oh, yeah. Uh, as all, as all yeah, of us do of from Why time not? to time. Uh, and I was reading some thread about, like, it was, like, optimal, opt- optimal build for a knight. And uh, this guy, talked, like, showed his, uh, or maybe it was a, and he showed his, like, character doing some uh, crazy, crazy damage. And uh, someone asked, like, what level are you at? And he says, uh... He says, like, 567 or something like that. And I'm just like, you know, God bless you, dude, like, for, for tinkering with this. And then you just stroll in for a guy like me and wreck, uh, you know, wreck all these yeah, people. That's very it's sweet. cool. Like, I, the, only, the only experience I ever had coming close to that was in 
was in Bloodborne because I was able to be like, I was able to just focus on, I was able to just focus on doing, um, what did I do? Oh yeah. I was able to just focus on the, um, the chalice dungeons because I like Mm -hmm. gaming sometimes just to chill out. Like I, I mean, it's, it's, it can't just be for, um, it can't just be for, uh, you know, the, the, um, like zoning out. Like I, I, I still like to, um, I still like to be like cognizant and doing something like we were talking about before. So like something like Red Dead doesn't quite work for me, but the, the chalice dungeons in Bloodborne worked great. Cause like, you don't think about them too much. There's no plot really to them. There's nothing that you actually get out of them that much. And it was like, it was so, it was so compelling and so fun. And I ended up playing like, I ended up getting to like level, I don't know, 200 or something. Like I was way over leveled. Um, okay. Orphan of Cause was the only one that gave me really any trouble. Like it was, it was pretty cool. Um, and, mm-hmm. and like, I just, I just ended up um, feeling that one experience of being over leveled. It was, it was invigorating. Yeah. I, uh, last year I started replaying it and I was just kind of Victorian with, different weapons and different builds. I think I started doing like an arcane build for some reason. Oh, cool. uh, and it was fun, you know, yeah. I was fucking around and just seeing, cause I think at this point, uh, my memory, my trace memory of what bloodborne looks like and like where the areas are, uh, it's kind of good at this point. Like I'm obviously not like a speed run level, but <laughs> I think I could pretty much just like, uh, like I think I can just kind of like scamper my way around uh, and like know exactly where everything is for the most part uh, and do just yeah I, I wonder so. like so one of my one of the things I wonder about games like this um, so you say you're not a speed run level guy and I get that that uh, makes total sense to me mm-hmm. um, but why do you keep why do you keep coming back to Bloodborne then like what is it about Bloodborne that keeps you coming back and playing it again and again Mm, that's a good question. I think, I think something about the, it really does have a balance of these elements that I've found to be kind of unmasked in anything else I've played where it's just, it's very difficult, but it's encouraging and it's difficult in an encouraging mm. way. And I think, uh, at this point, knowing how hard the game was the first time and then knowing how much better at it I am now, uh, I think that is kind of a pattern that I do find do you see it myself when I when I'm playing games that I get really into where uh, it's short enough to just replay and kind of f- <laughs> determine how much better you've gotten sure. at it? Uh, sure. Like like a ro- a roguelike game. Uh, like, do, do, have you ever played this game called Enter the Gungeon? Uh, no, but I you know I know Enter the Gungeon well enough, and my I have I have a bunch of friends who who really like it. It it looks so like it's up I, now. Um, I love that game. I've played that game probably like. 500 hours across PlayStation <laughs> Switch. Like, I nice. downloaded it on both platforms just to have it portable. Uh, and I really love that game because it's, you know, it's a similar element of mastery where it's difficult, but it's difficult in, like, a get-better way. And there is this element, there's this random element that makes every playthrough um, uh, an exciting mystery. Mm-hmm. But when I think of the first time I played that game and how long it took for me to beat the first boss and then like how long it took for me to beat the second boss and how basically how long it took for me to just like keep uh to to 
get good enough in order to beat it even once. And then I think about where I am now, just in terms of having mastered it. Like when I when I replayed it, when I repurchased the game for the Switch, all those skills transferred over. So I just like completely blasted through it, and like my first uh, go through, <laughs> even though even with even with the worst weapons, even like all that stuff. Uh, because basically, like as the game works, is that like the more you play, the better weapons and items you sure. unlock, which makes the earlier runs more difficult. But that didn't even matter. Like when I started over again uh and kind of that thinking about that process is, can be kind of fun when you just realize like how much of the skills so to speak have kind of like cooked down into your reflexes uh yeah and i think with a game that's meant to be difficult it can be kind of gratifying to go through it uh that way and see how much better i've gotten or haven't yeah i so. agree i think like there's there are a lot of games recently that do that kind of uh roguelike sort of approach Particularly, I'm thinking of games like um, Dead Cells does this, which is really fun. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, like a lot of these games just kind of like present a, a, a version of gameplay that like it's not get good necessarily. I mean, it is, but it isn't get good mm-hmm. in the way that it's like, oh, you're bad at this game, and and that should make you feel bad, sort of way. It truly is like a yeah, just like get good at the game. Um, you're gonna, you'll thank yourself mm-hmm. later, kind of thing. Like, and and we'll we'll work, we'll work you through it slowly, so that once you get back and you're looking at it, you're like, oh, actually, like this game was way easier than I thought it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. Um, the other question, so like, I guess my last question, or one of my last questions, we can kind of do whatever, but one of my last questions for you here is thinking about Souls and thinking about Gungeon and thinking about sort of like your 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 focus on games in general. I mean, one of the things that fascinates me about video games is genre. Um, Cause of course you can think about film, right? Uh, you can think about film or literature or anything else. And you can talk about genre and it, it basically boils down to preference where, you know, you could say like, I, I prefer Westerns or I prefer action movies or I prefer romances or in novels, maybe you prefer genre fiction or maybe you prefer literary fiction or whatever. Um, I'm sure you encounter a lot of this in at, at, what mm-hmm. the work you do at the outline. Um, but it's funny because like video games, the genre element doesn't actually boil down in that way. Like it's not just preference. It truly is like, you know, maybe I won't even like this game because it's X or maybe I won't even like this game because it's Y. Like I, um, I mean, mm-hmm. I've played a lot of this game called Slay the Spire, which I was just thinking of as you were talking, but I realized like, Oh, it's a deck builder. Like I don't, I don't even know if Jeremy would like a deck builder. And like that mm-hmm. kind of instance of genre is so weird. So like what I've never heard of this game. No, uh, it's good. It's, it just came out on Switch, uh, which is always a, a good time to recommend something. Um mm-hmm. but uh but yeah, like it, what about like do you have a particular genre you play? Do you play every video game? Do you do you have like a particular sort of like um wheelhouse? Uh is it action games? Is it something different? Like I think at this point it is action games. Okay. I do kind of look for, uh, like I will play the shorter, uh, meditative games. You know, like I love Journey or I love the, or anything like that. Like, did you ever play Grow Home, the the robot game? No. 
it's this really cheap little pixelate like 3D pixelated uh video game where you play this like small robot who is exploring this like alien nature and geography and these like very colorful planets the game and like the, the game the gameplay is like climbing so you're basically climbing over these like massive uh 3D worlds and like floating you can like upgrade your little jetpack and move around like there's no enemies there's no nothing you're wow. basically just learning how to like figure out and it's like you know it costs like ten dollars on the playstation it's just completely it's one of those things where i have like just like you know smoked a little weed and then just kind of fuck around and uh see where i can get to uh and so a game like that is really fun because i, I do kind of appreciate the the creative solutions that people come up with uh using you know fewer resources uh which i think often i mean that was a big paradigm shift for me was realizing that uh these small games that you download for ten, fifteen dollars can, in many ways, be much more satisfying and mm. uh, engaging than the really expensive, like AAA ones. You know, like never in my entire life do I want to play an Assassin's Creed for as long as I live. You know, <laughs> right. so it's so fundamentally uninteresting to be like, let's just let's just go around this big map doing nothing. You know, <laughs> outside of like uh, like t t pressing A and like stabbing shit sure. randomly. Um, but as far as genre goes, I mean, I'm really just trying to play stuff that's going to, like, keep me engaged in whatever way. Uh, I know it's a broad answer, but no, it's, it's like, because okay. I, I don't have time to play, you know, anytime I read, like, a, a, a review on some gaming website where they mention, like, yeah, you're going to have to, like, grind for 30 hours just to do this, but it's worth it. I'm like, it's, but it's not worth it to me. <laughs> is is it worth it? Uh, yeah. Like... Uh, like I haven't played Persona for that reason because I just, just hear so much about how just repetitive so many parts of it is, and it's like not not really the most exciting thing to hear when you're trying to get into a game. Yeah, I remember I talked to Chris Person. Goes on forever. Oh, sorry. Yeah, oh, no, 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 I talked to Chris Person about this in a ages ago, um, and uh, Chris Person, uh, video, video game writer uh, and and friend to many people. Um, who was, uh, I, I was asking about what he was playing and, and I guess he was reviewing Persona 5 when I talked to him and he was like, yeah, he's like, you know, I just, I, I just ended up looking up the strategy guide. Mm -hmm. Like I, I didn't, I don't have time. Like I want to find out what's going to happen. I want to find out what characters I need to do. And I just like, usually I play a Persona game twice to get that. And like, so I know the, the basics and I, I know how to, how it goes. And he's like, I just, I didn't have the time to go ahead and do that this mm -hmm. time. I mean, it just made no sense. And it's like, yeah, you know, I get that. That's like, it's, it's, uh, when you, when you don't, when you like have a life, basically, you can't always, uh, experience video games in the way they want you to experience them. And if they want you to experience them by grinding, then I totally get why you wouldn't uh -huh. do that. <laughs> so one, one final recommendation for you. And then, uh, and then I'll ask if you have any other final thoughts. Uh, you should play The Outer Wilds. Um, I just streamed it with a buddy of mine and it is exactly what you're talking about. Uh, the sort of like, um, uh, weird dreamlike, uh, what's, you know, what's going on in this, in this game kind of, uh, kind of like, you know, figuring out how to get through it, uh, trying to unpack it. It's not like, uh, it's not big budget. It's, uh, what's it? It's very, what's it called? The, uh, it's called Outer Wilds. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's getting a lot of press right now. It's, it's, I don't really quite know how to describe it. It's a sci-fi game, I guess. Um, but it's, Kind of a lot more than mm. that. I don't want to give anything away. It's one of those ones you probably don't want to you don't want to spoil yourself. Okay. On. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's good. 
Um, but yeah, otherwise, uh, what, uh, anything else you think we missed? Anything that you wanted to cover? Uh, any, oh, how about this? Um, and you can answer that other question too, but how about this? Did you, is there any bit of, uh, of lore or, uh, plot in, um, in Dark Souls that you feel like people should know about, um, Mm. to get them excited for the game? I could talk about Bloodborne lore all day long. Dark Souls. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, no, no. Uh, then. Well, it's so. This is sort of related. Um, well, kind of one of the amazing things about the internet is uh, the fact that people make YouTube explainers about basically everything. Uh, I mean, obviously, there's many <laughs> ways you can be led astray by the uh, the YouTube algorithm, as we all know. However. I have calibrated mine these days, so it basically just gives <laughs> sure. me like uh, Bloodborne lore, old wrestling videos, and then like that's kind of it. Uh, so I'm just kind of better. I'm, I'm going to pull this up very quickly and see what the my top uh, Almer, algorithmically generated recommendations are uh, on my YouTube page after years of uh, just dumping shit into it. Um, yeah, I've got. Top ten bosses in Dark Souls series. Uh, what if the Toronto Raptors had an anime opening and some old videos and an unboxing video of the Dark Souls three of the Dark Souls trilogy collector's edition? So I'm gonna call that a pretty good haul. Um, okay. Basically, the point being is that the point being is that I got into watching all these Bloodborne lore videos where I was uh, just kind of hammering down like chowing down on all this meaty subtext that comes through a little bit in the game, which has been helpfully pieced together by the world's most dedicated uh, Bloodborne fans, uh, I guess. And, yeah, you know, there's like... I just love how much is underneath the service of this, and I love just how that they don't put any of it in there explicitly. Because I think some of the things that can be such a big... Uh, something that can be such a big turnoff of a game is when they're just throwing... Uh, you know, proper nouns at you constantly. Like, I would play Skyrim, I think, and I just had no idea what anything was uh, and what was going on. Or a mm. game like, uh, oh, like The Witcher. Oh, my God, The Witcher just throws such unbelievable uh, amounts of information at you. Uh, and that's a really fun game, but it becomes unmanageable at, at a certain point. Whereas with Bloodborne, like, uh, mm. there's all these things that just make no sense until you read about them. Like, whether or not it's, like, the spider with, the like, Ron and the eyes or uh, just the... Oh, yeah. You know, the, the, the heads of the priests who gets transformed into these giant beasts. Uh, and I think that's kind of the perennially thrilling thing about these games is that there's so much that you don't understand, but it's not even necessary in order to beat it. But when you do read it, uh, you it colors it in so much more for you, uh, at least in my personal experience. Now, I haven't had that with Dark Souls 3 quite yet, maybe because I just don't really understand the Lord of Cinder thing uh, and didn't catch up on Dark Souls uh, 1 and 2. You know, I was watching this video, uh, reading some post on Kotaku from a few years ago about how... uh, how the amount of the the amount of emotional release that the guy got when you come back to uh, Anne Orlando in Dark Souls Three for the first time, because uh, that shows up in the earlier games. And you're thinking, what's Anne Orlando? <laughs> yeah, and I know I was like, this means nothing to me. I'm sorry. Like, I mean, it's a cool area, 
Uh, but it means nothing to me otherwise. Although that was very funny because I came across that area as this guy had invaded me, and he really <laughs> wanted to fight, but I just kept on, like, I wasn't trying to fight him at all, and I was just trying to gesture, like, man, can't you just let me, like, explore this area? Can't you just let <laughs> me play this game and have a good time? Uh, you you can tell that I'm bad at fighting, so what are you going to get out of this, you know? You're just going to get, like, one yeah, more leave, point leave in your little covenant. You should just, like... Yeah. You know, and, but sometimes else. that's all they want, man. Sometimes that's that's all it that's all it takes. Um, yeah, no, it's it's. Um, Anyways, I think I ended up killing myself. <laughs> always, always a shame when a story ends that way. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's it's. Uh, I guess that makes sense. Like in some ways, I think like the lore that you experienced in in dealing in in sort of enjoying. Um, in enjoying uh, uh, Dark Souls, or I'm sorry, uh, Bloodborne, um, is I think a lot of how people enjoyed and, and, and felt like they enjoyed um, the the experience of watch of uh, playing uh, uh, Dark Souls for the first time, where like in fact the 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 thing that was so cool about it was that it was so so inaccessible, like it mm-hmm. was just like it felt impossible, and um, the the lore in the second game, I know one of the reasons that uh, my friends are, are sort of skeptical of it is that it, it, it gives a lot of that. It, it gives you that release. It gives you the ending that in some ways feels like inimical um, to to the quality of um, of Dark Souls. I don't know. Like it it feels like you shouldn't ever get answers in, in some places. And in Bloodborne, you don't like in Bloodborne. Uh, one of my. One of my friends, uh, uh, Richard Pilbeam, does a lot of uh, work on this with his with his friend Sin um, and or, uh, Sinclair, um, and they they like data mine um, they data mine uh, Bloodborne, and like the fact that some of the only ways to know about that game is by data mining it is so cool to me. Like, you, That's never crazy. There's know. so it's much buried stuff in there that they just never put in the game. Uh, yeah, and it's it's really unbelievable, and I kind of. That's the other part. Another part of the appeal is just like they're still uncovering things about the game years later and about how the story connects together. And, uh, you know, watching these lore videos has to be taken with a grain of salt because so much of it is like, well, we think that this is what's happening, or, you know, uh, all the evidence points towards this. Uh, You know, it seems to be like this, seems like that, but you never really know. Uh, And, you know, I'm holding out hope that they'll make a Bloodborne 2. Um, but I don't know if that's ever happening. I mean, four years later and they haven't announced it, uh, doesn't really give you much yeah. hope. I but mean, uh, you never know. Like, the uh, Bloodborne was supposed to... FromSoft goes weird things with sequels. Bloodborne was supposed to be... Um, uh, Dark, or, I'm sorry, Demon Souls 2. Yeah. Um, I guess uh, I guess Sekiro was supposed to be a new Tenchu game. Uh, so, I mean, you know, maybe maybe Elden Ring is secretly Bloodborne 2. Hmm. Um, and we'll just find out by uh, data mining it uh, two years down the line. Yeah. Um, yeah, I realized sorry, that was a very rambly answer to the question about the no. war, but um, it was... That's great. It's, uh, it's, you know, it's sort of like Game of Thrones in a lot of ways, where I got really into this series of uh, Game of Thrones lore videos where this guy would just explain all this shit from the books that, you know, <laughs> I barely even thought about when I was reading them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a bit of, of a feeling of, like, this guy could just be making this up entirely because I have no idea, I have no recollection of these details. <laughs> but uh, if he's not making it up, then 
the game has just done a really good job of seeding this stuff in there. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I I found myself reading a lot of wikis uh, when I was playing uh, uh, Bloodborne. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's uh, that's a great answer. Um, actually, that's that's perfect. So, uh, unless there, is there anything that you feel we didn't touch on anything in the uh, in the uh, in the lore of of Bloodborne and or, or Dark Souls Three that you feel like we uh, we should hit before before I let you go because you've been so generous with your time. Uh, let me. Uh... Let me skim. Sorry, let me look at something really quickly. Mm-hmm. See if I've got a. Yeah, you know, I don't really know that much about. Uh, haven't really explored much of the bosses. Uh, the abyss watchers are kind of cool. I think they're always like killing each other. Uh, do yeah. you? Is that, <laughs> how many? How far into Dark Souls three did you have you gotten yet? Not very, because I've had like a really busy week, so I haven't. I haven't. I don't know when this will when this will come out specifically, but maybe maybe by that point I won't be having a busy week. But uh, I I tend to stream it with my with my buddy Rob, and um, uh, I had yeah. we went through one stream, but we got through quite a bit of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, not quite a bit, but quite a bit for me. So I made my way to uh, I made my way to like the sort of like main hub. Um, I beat that first boss. Uh, the 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 knight with like who ends up having like a massive uh sword uh, midway through the fight uh, yeah, yeah. Like, mutates midway through the fight yeah, um, yeah i got through there and i got i got past a couple of like uh strange invaders um i think i nice. stopped right around like the next step like i found my way past that area past sort of like base camp and into the uh-huh. next thing so I guess thinking of, really thinking about it, the lore of Dark Souls Three is not at all. I haven't even really touched any of it yet. Um, at this point, I am just really engaged by the kind of uh, the meticulous plotting of all these levels and the feeling of slowly figuring it out uh, and getting mm-hmm. better at it. Uh, which, for the most part, I've done. You know, I think there's only been a couple of yeah. areas where I just realized that it's like I'm just going to sprint through this because I don't I don't have time to. Master the <laughs> master the attack routines to get past you, um, but yeah. you know the game's encouraging in that regard too. Uh, yeah, yeah it, it, it it lets you. Yeah, I feel like the thing about the thing about um, Dark Souls to for people to remember if they if they uh, aren't uh, if they're not like feeling like they can do it right or they're they're worried that it's not going to be their cup of tea. I mean, it may it may very well not be, but it also is a game that wants you to be able to beat it despite mm-hmm. uh despite outward appearances mm-hmm. yeah and uh yeah i you know it's hard to it's it's hard, it's hard, it's a difficult game to recommend to people because i think mm-hmm. well one of the beautiful things of about gaming so to speak is that there is something there is something out there for everybody uh and you can have this specific the fact that this specific types of game, this specific type of game exists. Is I'm glad that it does because it's not something I want to play all the time. But there kind of is like no, it's like <laughs> sure. nothing else in video games that I uh, deal with, you know. Uh, and that's really enjoyable. Yeah. And I've played so many games that try to uh, do the similar thing. Like, do you play uh, Neo? Yeah, I, I played a little bit of Neo. I actually sort of um, I ended up tapping out of Neo. Oh yeah, I, I couldn't. I liked it just fine, but. Yeah, I didn't have the time to get better at it, and it was just, it was hard. The story is, like, also super incoherent, but not in a way that's, like, 
it captivating, like Bloodborne. <laughs> like it, it really does seem like cut and paste in terms of the narrative. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, like with that, I got a, I got like ten hours in, and it was just like, oh, I think I'm done. I think I'm good. Uh, like this is just hard, hard in a way that's not yeah. enjoyable. Uh, but yeah, Dark Souls does it, or uh, Bloodborne, all these games. Um, yeah, and I I salute them. <laughs> so, so, salute again. Yeah, I know. Give them a gamer um, salute. Give them the gamer salute. Just don't say it out loud. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's um, I I completely agree. I think that's actually a really good way of thinking about it. And like the, I find it. I, I'm just. I can't wait to get more into into Dark Souls three because I I can't wait to find out if I like um, the lore in that game or not. Mm-hmm. Because the more I hear people talk about it, the more I see both sides. Like I. I think it's fascinating that you just like bounced off of uh, Souls uh, one and two, yeah. and uh, and demons, and the uh, but like got captivated by Bloodborne, and then are sort of going into uh, Souls three blind. Like that's that's such a unique way of playing that game that I don't. That's think funny that, uh, because like to me it's just like I just need the fact that like. The- like visually, the game just looks better, you know. Like I've looked, what looked at oh, videos. Great. I was thinking of playing the remastered uh, Dark Souls Two on the PS4. That looks better, I think. But even so, it's yeah, like d- uh, it, it, like the leap forward that they took with the, the oh, PS4 textures is like unbelievable. Uh, and just like there's so many scenes in Dark Souls Three where the locations, the beauty of it is, like, pretty unbelievable, you know, as far as video games mm-hmm. go, but you do, you have to, like, take a second to realize, like, oh, I am exploring this, like, beautifully constructed <laughs> fantasy world uh, in decay yeah. and ruin, and uh, I think that element of it has only gotten more drawn out as, yeah, as just the games get more graphically impressive. Uh, uh. That's very, that's that's totally fair. Like, I think, I think one of the things that is uh, absolutely the case about any any of the souls games is that um the more you can kind of sit back and enjoy them uh visually the better mm-hmm. um and they definitely encourage you to uh to enjoy them a little bit more in these in uh, bloodborne and dark souls 3 they're just a little bit more spectacular mm-hmm. um well jeremy thank you so much for being here um yes thank I, you so much for having find... me oh of course absolutely um People can find your work at the outline. You do write there sometimes, still. Yes, I, I do. I, yes, um, and people uh, people can find your work on Twitter at Jeremy P. Gordon. Mm-hmm. Uh, where else? Uh, that's mostly it for now. Twitter and the outline okay. com. All right, all right. Um, well, those are good places. Um, and uh, and yeah, go read Jeremy's work. Go go check out his Twitter. He's a, he's a very good follow. Um, and thank you so much for being on. And let me know when you finish the game. I'm, I'm, I want to find out. Uh, I want to find out what you think of the ending. Yes, I will. Thank you very much. All right, sounds good. Talk to you soon. Okay, bye.